the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So much of God's historical narrative in the Old Testament alludes to New Testament happenings, what will happen in the future. And that's what we explore today with Deborah, the exceptional ruler found here in Judges chapter 5. Join us. Grace Bible Church right here in Hayward. Hi there, and welcome to today's program. We are back in chapter 5 of Judges, the first 16 verses. Deborah, the exceptional ruler. Now, we've seen the significance of this wise woman, her sensitivity to God's will in war. And today and tomorrow, we'll go on to take a look at the glory of the gospel through weakness and Armageddon hinted at. It's all straight ahead on today's broadcast of Way of Grace. Here's Pastor Jesse. Look at what it says in Revelation 16, 13. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come up out of the mouth of the dragon. Now, the dragon is the spiritual power behind the nation and behind the apostate church. We got three here. This is your unholy trinity. You guys keeping up with me today? The dragon is that great oriental image. He is corresponding to Leviathan in the Old Testament. You guys know that. The dragon that makes his way through the sea of humanity and control them and dominate them and devour them. The dragon is none other than Satan himself. You know that Revelation chapter 12. Well, what is this saying? Satan controls the governments of our world. What else is it saying? Satan controls every form of apostasy. Everyone that departs from the truth has been persuaded by Satan to leave God. So in this unholy trinity, we've got a political kingdom. We've got uh, Satan behind that political kingdom. In the historical context, it's Jerusalem. It was a political kingdom. And the Roman Empire, first century Rome. You guys got that? And then you have what is called the great whore or the false prophet, which is the apostate church of Israel. Jesus warned about it. You and I know this. Jesus was the epitome of that prophecy. Now, on the same day in which they killed Jesus, Pontius Pilate and Herod became friends. Now, who steals and kills and destroys? Satan. So he's behind the death of Christ. And he's behind the death of all of God's elect. Are y'all hearing me? The lines are drawn out. The battle is very clear to those of us who know the Lord. We know that to live godly in Christ Jesus, you're going to do what? You're going to suffer. We know that when you live according to the word of God and its principles and dictates, the world is going to hate you. We know, we know, we know that if you walk in the principles of the gospel, you're going to struggle in this world. That's just the way that it goes. You have to settle your mind in this regard. But he calls these three unclean spirits. What that means is Satan himself is not clean. You guys know that. 
The secular system is not clean. And the apostate church is not clean. Right. So that really squeezes us into a corner because where do we go to be clean? The only place you can go to is Christ. Cleansing is found only in Christ. Do you understand that? Christ is our cleansing. He is our washing. He's our sanctification and our redemption. A man or woman is only safe in Christ. Right. This is really a sad case scenario, because what about the church, child of God? What about the church, Pastor Jesse? The church is in a quasi situation, is it not? Because it can vacillate and depart from the truth at any time. And we need to know that, too, that we live in a very precarious situation. You are not you and I are not ultimately safe in the church. We're really only safe in Christ. Now, that's a sad scenario, because that also means that we're not safe with one another, ultimately. I love the way my elder said it. He fundamentally said it. The greatest battle he's fighting is with himself. He's right. He's right. The greatest battle he's fighting is with himself. And when you and I understand that that is the hierarchy of uh, priority in terms of us being safe, we need to make our own calling and election sure. And don't be so wrapped up in the left or the right politics. Left or right politics does not make you safe. It does not make you safe. It's very important for you to for you to know that. Right. And the, the right church doesn't make you right either. You can be in the right church and be the wrong kind of person. So, so, so now when the gospel gets a hold of you, child of God, please understand the goal of the gospel is to make you right with God, to keep you right with God and to finish you right in God. So every day you and I are making decisions, choice making decisions as to what it means to walk the narrow way of faith alone, through grace alone, in Christ alone, by the glory of God alone, through the word of God alone. Every day we're making that choice, are we not? And so we have to admit that the admonition in the word of God to fight the good fight of faith and lay hold to what? Eternal life is something that we wake up every day having to do. Every day, every day. Uh, I have a brother who was translated out of this world in a picosecond last week. That's our brother, Romy Thompson. Uh, And I use that phraseology to help you. He went from feeble weakness to absolute perfection in a picosecond. He went from burden to joy unspeakable and full of glory in a picosecond. Because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And to actually depart from this life and go to be with Christ is ultimate gain. This brother knows the ultimate ascension now, which is the joy of every believer. We should be having his funeral service on the 11th here. I'm not real clear on the time, but you guys will know by next week. And I'm praying that everybody comes out because he was with us from the beginning. If you're talking about faithfulness to God as a doorkeeper of the house of the most high God, my dear brother was that. Text in front of us is teaching you and I something. Look at verse 14. Watch it. Verse 14. For they are the spirits of devils working miracles, false miracles, which go forth unto the kings of the earth. Mark that word, the kings of the earth and of the whole world to bat, to gather them to the battle. You see that phrase to gather them. That is the term Megiddo to gather them. Every every decade, there is a gathering of nations to go to war. 
You and I have never lived in a time where the whole world was just at peace for a decade. Have you? Never. Men are at war. This is what happened from the fall. Men are at war. They don't operate out of an organizing principle that brings about a gathering. We're scattering everywhere all the time. We're waging war against this nation or that nation or this tribe or that tribe or this people and that people. Even this carries on into businesses and into education. Do you understand that? It carries on into sports. This whole divisive and dominant and destructive principle that goes on in our world. That's the nature of the satanic kingdom. And notice, notice what it says, for there are spirits of devils working miracles going forth to the kings of the earth. That is its own uh, nomination or appellation, kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of God almighty. Look at verse 15, two more verses. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keeps his garment, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. That's a that's a parenthetical warning to all of us to make sure that we are rooted and grounded in Christ. Because when the battle comes and it's fierce enough, it will often expose us as to not really being in allegiance to Jesus. Are you hearing me? All right. Now look at verse 16. Verse 16, and he gathered them together in a place called in the Hebrew term, what? Armageddon. Look at Psalm number 83 now. I'm going to show you how this is laid out in the Old Testament. This is not a New Testament concept purely. For those of you who are wrapped up in certain models of eschatology, forget it. This is a theme running throughout the whole Bible. The nations of the world are always trying to take God's place. And any group of people that would call themselves after the name of Jehovah, after the name of Yahweh, after the name of the one true and living God and Jesus Christ, whom he has sent, that people group are going to be the target of a secular assault on some level. Keep not silent, O God. Hold not your peace and be not still, O God. What is this? This is the cry of the people of God for help. Look at verse two. I want to walk this through. For lo, your enemies make a tumult. And they that hate you have lifted up the what? They're getting ready for war. This here is the the war-mongering noise that goes on. Will you notice how the psalmist does something key? The psalmist calls the enemies God's enemies. Your enemies, O Lord. Do you see that? See, this is where you got to be careful about your politics, child of God. On this horizontal level, making people your enemy makes you too personal in the battle. This ain't your battle. This is the Lord's battle. My enemies, my enemies. Your worst enemy is enemy. That'll come home in a moment. Verse three, verse three. They have taken crafty counsel against your people. You guys see that phraseology? Crafty counsel? This is for you who have the heebie-jeebies around conspiracy. The Bible talks about conspiracy all the time. Conspiracy is merely when two people get together and plan something for which they don't let another person know about. I've, I've taught this for a long time. You want to see conspiracy? Have three children. <laughs> Just back on up and watch. And, and watch and see that the dominant child will take the more uh, uh, passive child and cahoots with him for the most vulnerable child to take him out. Just take him straight out. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So you don't have to go to the newspapers. You don't have to go to Reader's Digest. You don't have to go to the magazine. All you got to do is watch your children. Conspiracy in the land. 
It's just true because we're sinners. Right. We're sinners and we love to take the place of God. They've taken crafty counsel against your people and consulted against your what? Against your what? Two things I want to teach you there, just in case you aren't able to penetrate into it exegetically. Two things. Why are they hidden? One, because God strategically takes his people and put them in a position where they don't get all the glory. That's one. Please get it. God's people are never in a position where they get all the glory. Like when God saves his people, he saves them in their humility. When God saves his people, he keeps them in their humility. See, one of the errors of the modern church today is that it loves to shine. It loves to take all the glory. It wants to stand on the platform. It wants to be seen. It wants to be known. But God's people are like Jesus. They are hidden ones. He came unto his own and his own received him not. The world was made by him, but the world knew him not. Why? Because he was hidden from the world. God kept him in the kenosis mode or model so that his glory would not shine until it was time. Can I say something, child of God? If it's not time for you to shine, you don't want to be trying to shine because your shine will not be the shine of grace. It'll be the shine of the flesh. It'll be the shine of the world. You will have traded the grace of God in order for your own ego to emerge and be in the spotlight. And I can tell you, If the light that's on the outside is greater than the light that's on the inside, you're going to collapse under that light. And every day, children of God are being tempted to shine when it's not time. So God hides us in Christ. Your life is hid. Your life is in Christ. You're hidden. When Christ comes, then you will be made manifest right along with him. I'm so glad I'm hid in Christ. I'm so glad I'm hid in Christ. You know how we have this. Remember what Jesus' brother said to him? All this stuff you do, brother, why, why aren't you showing it to the world? Because he wasn't doing it for the world. He was doing it for his father's glory. And as a witness to his people that they might know who he was. See, when you understand, when you understand what the hierarchy of purpose is, you don't then have to now cater to the world. It's not about you and it's not about me. It's all about him. Am I making some sense? It's important for you to know that. So God calls us his hidden ones because he loves us. Doesn't a good shepherd protect his sheep? Right, because you really can't handle the battle on your own. I need a shepherd who knows how to hide me in his bosom to keep me in his cupboard, to protect me in his fold so I can make it home. And that's true to you and me too. I I can tell you just be more pastoral. Some of us get outside of the pen, don't we? Some of us bore a hole under the fence, don't we? Some of us kick the gate in late at night thinking that we're a predatory animal, don't we? Then we get out there with our sheepish butt and realize we can't handle the trouble we're getting into. Because God didn't make you to be a lion or some kind of predator. You are a sheep and you need to be near your shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down. He leads me beside still pastor. He actually brings me through still waters. He knows how to do that. You need a shepherd to lead you in that way. Otherwise, you're going to be in a battle you cannot handle. I've been there. Have you been there? In battles you couldn't handle. You, you thought you were a leopard. You thought you were, you thought you were some kind of bullock, some kind of powerful beast. 
and you looked up and you had no power at all. The enemy was about to swallow you up. God reminded that you are just a docile creature that needs absolute, total, 100% protection by your Savior. And after all, did he not promise that he would go before you? Did he not promise that he would fight the battle for us? This is what's going on in our narrative. God has gone before us. God has gone before them. You're going to hear Deborah say it here in a moment. Has not the Lord gone before you? Get up to that mountain. That was kind of the way I wanted Angelo to read that, but I guess he just felt like reading. (laughs) Get up and go to that mountain. Go to the top of that mountain and hurry up and get up there because I need you in your position. Because from the position you are standing, you will be guaranteed the victory. Right. If you and I are out of position, you and I cannot win the battle of the Lord's. It's so very important. Verse four. Let me keep going. I want to get to verse 10 quickly. They have said, come, let us cut them off from being a nation. Do you see that? The name of Israel that they may be no more in remember. So sad. This has been historically true for the nation of Israel. And it's true for all of God's elect. Is it not so? Verse five. For they have consulted together. There you go again. That's called conspiracy with one consent. They are confederate against you. Now, this is a person praying to God about the enemies of God against God and against God's people. This is a person praying to God because they see the big picture. They see the strategies. Look at verse six. The tabernacles of Edom and the Ishmaelites of Moab and the Hagarines. Here it is. See, these are all of the Gentile nations that were in close cahoots with Israel, even so close that they came up out of the loins of Lot. This is Ammon and Moab. You understand that? These are people in close relational proximity, but they hate God with the same visceral that Satan does. And the children of Israel have often made the mistake, have they not, of affinity with these nations. And the people of God today do the same thing in striking affinity with groups who who swear no allegiance to the true and the living God. Do you know if you strike affinity with a snake? Guess what the snake going to do to you? He's going to bite you. That's his nature. He's just going to bite you. Y'all remember the story of the snake and the alligator growing across the river? Y'all remember that? So I ain't going to tell it to you. Verse seven, verse seven. Verse seven, Gabal and Ammon and Amalek, the Philistines with the inhabitants of Tyre. You know what I love about this psalm? Here's what I love about it. I love that the person praying to God is very clear about who the enemies are. He's not ignorant. He knows the devices of the wicked one. He's laying it out in detail, is he not? He's being very clear. Lord, this is who they are. You've taught us how the enemy works. Verse eight. Asher also joined with them. Isn't that sad? Who is Asher? That's one of the tribes of Israel. This is what we mean by apostasy. Notice what it goes on to say. They have hope in the children of Lot, Salah. Verse 9 and then 10. We'll keep moving. Do unto them as unto the Midianites. As to, here we are, Sisera. As to what? Jobin at the brook of Kishon. So you see how the psalmist is now detailing the historical event that we're dealing with? Because the event is so uh, fabulous and so famous to the children of Israel. Verse 10, verse 10, which perished at Endor, they became as dung for the earth. 
One more cap, one more principle around this and let's go to point number two and keep moving. <clears throat> Children of God, be very careful. And I might have stated it earlier, but I, as I heard some, some conversation here recently, I want to drill down in this discipline. The battles that you and I fight are spiritual. Is that true? Right. So use that language carefully. Don't conflate categories and and talk about secular people like they're your enemy. Please hear me, because when you do that, you're now slipping into politics and you're slipping into political religion. Right. So it's really easy to call a group of people with whom you have very little political affiliation with the enemy. But that group of people is your mama, it's your cousin, it's your brother, it's your sister, it's your niece, it's your nephew. So stop it because that's not the way we wage war. Am I helping you make some sense now? Am I helping you? Because that's the reason why they hated Jesus. He did not pick sides. He did not pick sides. The Jews wanted him on his side against the Gentiles. The Gentiles wanted him on his side against the Jews. Jesus says, y'all all going to perish if you don't come to the Father through the Son. And this will help you and me stop being inconsistent when we have to deal with political issues in ways in which we forget. We forget our job is to see them come to Christ. Not just perish. Are you hearing me? The practice of integrated thinking. The practice of integrated thinking. So we love to fight. That just goes to show how much flesh we got in us. But we're super inconsistent. And that would make us simply respecters of person. Because, of course, you're not going to want your kids to be destroyed. You don't want your children to go to hell. You don't want your cousin, your mama, your auntie. You don't want them going to hell, do you? Well, we got to stop talking like that. Will somebody join me in the discipline of making sure that our language is gospel? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Because you will wake up one day and feel the pain of your grown kids and your grown grandchildren and your grown great grandchildren in the midst of the enemy's camp. And under the Old Testament, it was political war because it was a political goal. It was material land that was being acquired by the people of God for us. It's spiritual. It's the rule and reign of Christ in the heart of each and every human being that could possibly make room for King Jesus. Am I making sense? Right. So very important for us to get that. So the Armageddon triumph hinted at lays out for us the gathering of the Gentiles, the coming down, the coming down of God's glory, the coming down of God's glory. Before we go to Jude 14, 10, look again at the language that's given here over in verse uh, Verse 10, and Barak called uh, Zebulon, Naphtali, and Kedesh, and he went up with 10,000 at his feet. That term 10,000 becomes a key for us, does it not? It becomes a real key. Why? Because you have the more fulfillment language of it in Jude chapter 1, verse 14 and 15. Listen to it. Jude 1, 14 and 15. Now, who is it talking about here? It's not Barak. It's the Lord Jesus. Listen to the language. Now, Enoch who was also the seventh from Adam, which made Noah the tenth from Adam, which made Abraham the twelfth from Adam, prophesied of these sayings, behold, the Lord cometh with what? 
ten thousands of his saints. We have Barak as a great type of Christ on the mountain of Tabor coming down with ten thousands of his saints. Do y'all see that child of God? Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. What is Barak going to do for you and me today? We need Jesus to come down. Well, you are listening to Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. Closing out our time together today, we invite you to reach out to us. Let us know how the program encourages you in your walk with Christ. Questions, comments, prayer requests are always welcome. You can either write to us, give us a call, or stop by our website and drop us an email. Now, the best place to go, of course, is the website. Not only will you be able to write to us via email, you'll be able to get more information about who we are, what we believe, worship times, how to get here. Grace-Bible.com is our website. Again, that's Grace-Bible.com. If you wish to give us a call, the number is 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. If you're writing to us, our address is 22768 Main Street. That's 22768 Main Street. Here in Hayward, the zip code 94541. That's 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California, 94541. One final note as we close out our time today, this program is listener-supported. If you wish to partner with us, we would be more than grateful. This broadcast airs throughout the Bay Area, as well as online, impacting thousands for the sake of Christ. And that is our hope and our goal. If you'd like to partner with us along those lines, feel free to write or give us a call. No gift is too large, no gift too small, whether a one-time gift or a monthly support. You're more than welcome to reach out. We would love to partner with you as we minister the gospel of Jesus to the Bay Area and the World Wide Web. Thank you for spending time with us today. Until next time, may Christ be your way of grace. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.